Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with goal whisperer, coach, trainer, and forager, Gabriel Derrida. He is a goal whisperer and mushroom nerd who left his fancy tech job in 2017 to travel the world by bicycle and in the process found his calling in coaching. He now is honored to work full-time as a purpose alignment coach and leadership development facilitator. He helps individuals and teams align with what matters and make effective connections with self and others. His work is rooted in neuroscience-based co-active coaching, authentic relating, and mindfulness with a spoonful of Japanese philosophy on top. He's got a great story. Enjoy this interview. Awesome. Hey, it's nice to meet you. <clears throat> you too, Joe. Where are you located? I'm in Boulder, Colorado. Okay. Beautiful place. Yes, indeed. For sure. Hey, uh, I want to start everything off here before we get into your life and your career with COVID. How did you survive the last three years and how has it changed the way that you do things now? The last three years? Yeah. Ooh, a lot of ways to answer that question. Yeah. Um, the last three years really offered me a huge gift because I think I learned to live without FOMO. Do you know what FOMO is? I've heard it. I've heard about it. <clears throat> Fear of missing out. That's right. This so, is the acronym. You're right. I have, I have like crippling FOMO. I'm a maximizer. I try to do everything all the time. And going through COVID in the last three years really forced me to be okay with like doing less and realizing that I wasn't missing out on stuff and taking like a big pause allowed me to build the foundation for the life that I have now. And so I really kind of survived it by going inward and, and really working on myself and building this business that I have now. I also survived by getting outside and just foraging mushrooms and being in nature. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, I think the, the, what it gave me the second half of your question of like how it changed my life now is I have, I just have less FOMO. Like I'm okay with, with not doing everything all of the time and I'm much more comfortable spending more time by myself, you know, really just in contemplative spaces or, you know, just working on something or just being alone out in nature. Whereas before I think I would have, felt a lot more sad that somebody wasn't with me. And I still feel sad that, you know, I don't get to spend my time with as many people as I used to, but I think that's one major difference now. So as a goal whisperer and all of the things that go into who you are, let's get to the essence of that. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day. One of the mm. kids looks up and says, Hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? I help people get more of what they want. So when you were that same age, what was your dream? What did you want to be when you grew up? Well, my dad is a medical scientist or he just retired. Congratulations, not. But he uh, he was a scientist. And I remember him coming in and doing like a career day when I was in kindergarten and wearing a lab coat and just, you know, dropping a piece of dry ice in a beaker and letting it bubble over. Um, and I was really excited by that. And I think when I was a kid, I wanted to pursue the sciences. But then when I got to high school and had to balance, you know, the valence of electrons in chemistry class and do math, I kind of lost my appetite. <laughs> so let's get into the seeds of you being somebody that helps other people. Tell me where you were born and raised and what those seeds that were put into you to become who you are today. I was born and raised in Ridley Park, which is in Delco, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia, Delaware County. And yeah, the seeds that were planted there um, definitely have a lot to do with who I became today, which was all about relationships. 
I was raised in a big Italian family. I have like 30 cousins in the Philadelphia area, six aunts and uncles just on one side, right? A lot of people around all the time. And I also grew up on this block that had a little alley running down the back of it. And there were a bunch of kids that were all around the same age in four or five houses on this block. And all of our backyards dumped into this little common strip of land that we shared. And we called it the alley gang. And so we always had, you know, kids coming up to the back door and kind of saying, hey, what's up? Do you want to ride bikes? Do you want to like go play tag or something like that? And so I think I grew up in this really rich kind of relational network. Uh, and I think that built the foundation for me to build a career in relationships because my first career was in software sales, sales all about relationships, now coaching and facilitating also all about relationships and all about maximizing the power of community um, to really help people understand who they are and what they want. So as someone that's a leader that helps people become leaders, who's been kind of a role model or a hero for you? Hmm. There's many. The, I guess the intellectual hero um, that I would name is, is Alan Watts. I really appreciate how he was able to take the wisdom of the East and merge it or kind of translate it into an understandable and accessible format for the West. And not only is his work incredible and really informed how I think about life, but I view myself in a similar vein, not nearly on his scale or success, but in the sense that I like taking information from one context and making it understandable to another. Uh, I think that's a real gift because I think there's so much wisdom in the world that's kind of locked up in these systems of belief or siloed into a particular area. And when we kind of find ways to make it universally accessible or accessible to a new group of people who might not have resonated with it before, I think we can unlock a lot of human potential because there is so much wonderful wisdom in the world that that kind of sits in a particular category, but might be useful in another place. And I try to do that work as much as I can of saying, hey, you guys would really value this over here. I found it over there. But in the process of bringing it, I make it more understandable in that new context. So if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend a little time with them, who would it be? Alive? Yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure. There's so many interesting people out there in the world. Yeah. Maybe, 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 um, Greta Thunberg, uh, the, the activist from Sweden. Um, I think I would just want to be around somebody with that level of conviction and that level of passion and that level of clarity of purpose. Yeah, Because I think people with clarity of purpose are incredibly powerful and just like wanting some of that to rub off on me. I also really admire her uh, for her courage and the sacrifice that she's made to basically devote her entire life to a cause that benefits all of humanity. Absolutely. So let's get to the clarity of your purpose. What is the motivator for you every day to help others to to get out there and to do the work that you want to do? I really love the the intimacy of this work, and I really love people. <clears throat> um, as I mentioned, I have this foundation of relationships as kind of my roots and my bread and butter, and I've always loved connection. And so just at that level, at the, the person-to-person level, I get really, really motivated just to be in connection with people, just to be kind of part of 
a deep conversation for somebody or help somebody gain some kind of insight or clarity uh, brings me a lot of meaning. But I think deeper at a purpose level, um, I really feel like we've lost so much as a society in the relationships department as we've become fragmented and bigger, right? Fragmented by technology, fragmented by geography, fragmented by politics. And so I think of my deeper purpose as part of this reweaving of human relationships or creating spaces for that deep primal connection of community to be created in that. And I feel a lot of purpose and passion in that of really helping people come home to not only to themselves, but to the richness of each other. Because I think we, we really miss each other profoundly um, in the modern world so often. And it feels really like aligned work for me to help to repair that gap. What's been one of your best success stories that you've been involved with? Um, <clears throat> that's a great question. I've never been asked that before. Probably my first ever coaching client. Um, I was living in an intentional community on Lake Atilan in Guatemala. And I moved there hoping to learn how to do like sterile technique and work in cultivating mushrooms. And when I showed up, the entire place was just like in boxes. They had literally just moved to a new property and everything was in shambles. And I, I thought I was going to learn how to grow mushrooms there. And instead I learned how to grow community. Um, and I spent the entire month like helping people build processes of conflict mediation, helping people build like plans of accountability of who was going to own what, setting up systems and agreements and common values that people would all, anybody who joined that community would have a chance to like find their own relationship to the system of values that they were a part of and kind of build that intentional connection so that everybody who came in was willing to support each other for a common goal rooted in these shared values. And the founder of that community, um, a man named Oliver, who was a dear, became dear friend of mine, Oliver Maravi. Um, as I was leaving, the community after about a month and a half there, he's like, you know, I really, uh, I've seen the impact of the work that you've done here and I want you to stay connected to this place. And I wonder if you would be willing to take me on as a coaching client and provide continued guidance to our community and also to the business we're trying to build, which was launching, um, an online mushroom cultivation course. And now that program is called Fungi Academy. It's one of the most successful online mushroom cultivation programs in the world. Um, and I've been running retreats at their center that they just purchased last year um, for the last four years. I'm doing another big one in November. So that relationship turned into this really longstanding and mutually beneficial relationship. Um, Oliver, unfortunately, passed away a few years ago. But I now work with the people who kind of took over um, Karina and Jasper in that community. And it's just turned into one of the biggest um, relational and professional successes of my life was just showing up and offering the gifts I had to offer and really just doing what was needed instead of being attached to my plans and saying, oh, well, this isn't what I signed up for. I'm out of here. I just hung around and, and made it work and, and did whatever I thought I could to support the program because I really believed in what they were doing. And now, you know, five, six years later, we're both flourishing and still supporting one another. So you brought up a lot of vignettes of things that you've experienced globally and personally. And I'm curious if you were to have a dream tonight, run into a younger version of yourself and you could give that say 20 year old version of yourself, a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained in your life up to this point, what would you tell that young version of you? I would tell them to run towards the things you love as fast as you can. 
because I think I spent years being afraid to do that. I spent years in, you know, relationships and jobs that were great at the time, but ultimately I knew they weren't serving me or I knew something was kind of off or wasn't going to take me where I needed to go. And I stayed in those places out of complacency, safety, fear, not believing in the power of what I loved. And I think if I had just gone full tilt and sprinted towards those things as fast as I could have even sooner, I don't even know where I'd be today because I'm really proud of what I have today. And it came late. Like I didn't even really start this process until I turned 30 years old. And had I started this process when I was maybe had the energy of like a 23 year old or 24 year old, it's hard to imagine what would be possible. So what are you the proudest of? at this point in your life that you've done? Um, I think I'm proudest of quitting my, my tech job. <laughs> as, as funny as that sounds. Um, I think that sort of like the golden handcuffs myth was something that um, I was really nervous about at the time. And like, I quit my job and I lived on my bicycle for nine months and just honoring that dream that I had. I had wanted to do that since I was like 20 years old. Uh, was to travel the world by bike and just honoring that commitment to that younger version of me and, and not breaking that promise to myself and taking that huge career and financial risk of leaving like, you know, the Silicon Valley tech job that everybody thinks they want. Um, and really kind of hitting hard reset on my life, you know, separating from a partner of seven years, moving out of a cushy apartment, leaving that high salary job. That's. That was maybe one of the bravest things I think I've done in my life. And one of the things I'm most proud of, even though it was self-serving in a way of like, this is something I'm doing for me. I think it was also something that was incredibly difficult to do yeah. in at the, at the time and really created the space for transformation in my life that it, it just changed everything. So everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you're in control. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? That's a great question too, Joe. I love these. It's funny because I think a lot of the people you named see me very differently. I think my family and some of my older friends see me very differently than some of the people I've met in the later stages of my life. Um, but I think of myself as probably around, probably around nine or 10 years old in a sense of like that, that unbridled curiosity coupled with like just enough of knowing what you're doing to take some risks and experiment. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's where my, my, I, I've had this question asked me in another way of what's your age of essence, right? So like, if you like, what's your ascent, how do people perceive you? What's your age of essence? And I think mine's somewhere in that, like, you know, nine to 12 range of like tons of energy and enthusiasm and curiosity and like, Hey, look at this cool bug I found. Do you want to see it? Or like, you know, there's this very enthusiastic quality to, to my spirit that really wants to find things that are beautiful and useful and share them with as many people as possible. And I think that part of me is also has that innocence and that youthful quality about it that, that just really genuinely wants to share and is excited to give people what they think is really beautiful and useful. That's wonderful. So Gabriel, if anyone wants to learn more about you, hire you, anything pertaining to your world, where can they go? Um, they can go to my website, effectiveconnection.com. That's got a little bit more about my story. It's got a link to a free call. They can just chat with me. I love just meeting folks and hearing their stories. It's also got stories from some of the people that have worked with me in the past to get a sense of sort of what this work can do. And for better or for worse, uh, I do spend a good amount of time on Instagram at FunGabe, F-U-N-N-G-A-B-E. 
Um, and that's really where I post a lot more about mushroom foraging and travel and just kind of, it's, it's less of a coaching place and more of like get to know me as a human being place. And I really try to share stories that are inspirational or information that again, I think is useful. Uh, I really try to cut through the noise, um, in those places. And then I also write short articles on Medium. You can find me at Gabriel Derrida on Medium and occasionally I'm posting there around things I find inspirational or interesting as well. Right on, man. Gabriel, thank you so much for your story and for your time today. Best of luck with everything. Thanks, Joe. Really appreciate the questions. They've been great. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, you can visit Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Hey.